Good evening. This is Radio Free Bichelle. I'm Alphonse. Tonight, Gnosis, or Knowledge and Changing the World. Following an election that went the way I really didn't want it to, I remember standing on a platform for a train in the city. And all around me was concrete and steel and glass. But I felt suddenly as if that's not what I was seeing. As if behind that there were these invisible forces, flows of money, flows of political power. That the city was not made of things, but that the city was made of the power that had caused the election to go the way it had. The real movie that describes the present moment is The Matrix. It's referred to all the time when people talk about red pills, and when people talk about waking up. For in the movie, the main character, Neo, believes that he lives as a normal person in the real world. But then he's offered a choice. The choice is to take a, a blue pill and continue with the illusion, or a red pill, and wake up and discover true reality. And he takes the red pill. And he wakes up and he discovers that he is in a nightmare world ruled by machines. But he also discovers that he has the power deep within himself to change that illusory world, and even the real world. This idea that the world is bad, that the world is a prison and an illusion, and behind it is a truth that is higher and better, where we are almost gods who have control over ourselves and control over our lives and control over our bodies and who we are, is not a new one. It goes back almost to the birth of Christianity. There were a number of sects back in the early centuries A.D. that believed in something called Gnosticism and in the idea of Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. Gnosis is knowledge, but it's a special kind of knowledge. It's a knowledge that comes from looking deep within to learn who we really are, and from that to learn what the world really is. And the particular knowledge that it reveals is that we are gods, or we have parts of gods, shards of gods in our hearts. And that the world that we see around us is an illusion, but beyond that is a world where we are eternal. That's what the Gnostics believed. That's what Christianity declared a, a heresy and wiped out and destroyed most of their books. The contrast is evident. Here's Genesis. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. In the Bible, God is good. God creates the world, and the world is good. According to the Gnostics, God is good, for God is the entire universe, and we are part of God. But the Creator is bad. The Creator took our fragments of divinity and imprisoned them in our fleshy bodies and in the material world. And then he hid from us the knowledge that we are part of something greater. And so it's Gnosis that allows us to escape from that prison. The Catholic philosopher Augusto del Nace, drawing in another Christian philosopher, Eric Vogelin, suggests that this idea of gnosis has persisted into the modern era. In fact, that atheist 
and secular philosophy inevitably tends towards a kind of gnosis. Whether we're talking about Marxists, socialists, progressives, or even Nazis, they share something with these ancient Gnostics. Now, of course, secular people don't believe in a metaphysical spiritual world. So this idea of gnosis and this idea of transcending the flawed reality that we live in has to be transferred from the spiritual realm to the material realm. Instead of living in an evil material world, they believe, we live in an evil period in history. And to transcend that, we have to transition into a future period when there's a utopian society, a better world. As the left often says, a better world is possible. And to do that means we essentially become self-creating. Another expression I've heard among the left is the idea that the purpose of socialism is to take human control of history. And you can see this in Marx. What Del Nacci says is the reason that Marx rejects God is not because of evidence or lack of evidence of God's existence, but because Marx believes that God must not exist in order for humanity to be free. Here's Marx. A being regards itself as independent only when it stands on its own feet, and it stands on its feet only when it owes its existence to itself alone. A man who lives by the grace of another considers himself a dependent being. But I live by the grace of another completely, if I owe him not only the maintenance of my life, but also its creation. If he is the source of my life, and my life necessarily has such a cause outside itself, if it is not my own creation. Marx wants us to be free. To be free, we must be self-creating. If we are self-creating, there cannot be a God who has created us, and so there can't be God. So just as with the ancient Gnostics, Marx has rejected the Creator, and he has rejected the current reality, in favor of a superior reality that humanity can create for ourselves. For Del Nace, a Christian, the biggest problem with this is that it rejects the order of being. This is a term he uses to refer to an eternal hierarchy of existence, with God at the top, nature at the bottom, and humanity in the middle. In other words, there is a structure to reality that is unchanging. In fact, Del Nace says, it is so stable that God himself cannot change the order of being. Del Nace has a second concern, which is in order to achieve that future utopia, We have to destroy the world as it is, because that utopia is so different from what exists today. And if that utopia is so good, if countless future generations will benefit from it, from transitioning from here to there through some kind of revolution, then anything that helps that revolution happen must be good. Which means there can be no universal values. We might think that lying murder, cruelty, prejudice, are wrong. But if those things can be used to achieve the revolution, they become good. And Del Nace quotes Lenin and others to that effect. But then, if we achieve the revolution, and we come out the other side, and we have destroyed all the universal values as part of the the flawed society that used to exist, how can we then have universal values again? We've denied them. 
The only thing that is left, Del Nace says, at that point, is power, and inevitably, oppression. There is another conflict between this and the Bible. When Adam and Eve eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge, they are expelled from the Garden of Eden. In other words, the Bible suggests that knowledge, particularly knowledge of evil, is bad. And it says it again in Ecclesiastes. Here we are. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. In other words, knowledge can actually make us miserable. And the fact is we can't change anything because there is no new thing under the sun. Human existence is cyclical, not progressive. Things happen again and again in the future as they have happened in the past. And attempting to change that is futile. This isn't just a Christian idea. Here's the Chinese Tao, the Le Guin version. The more experts a country has, the more of a mess it's in. The more ingenious the skillful are, the more monstrous their inventions. People get hard to manage when they know too much. Whoever rules by intellect is a curse upon the land. Whoever rules by ignorance is a blessing on it. The Tao, the way, is like a flow in the world, something that we can't change, or if we can change, it's only by struggling really, really hard. But if we actually want to be effective, we're better off flowing with it. Instead of fighting existence, instead of fighting reality, we need to find a way to accept and go along. And this is the the wisdom message in both the Bible and the Tao. So we're left with a dilemma. On the one hand, we can see the injustice in the world. We can see that many of the things on the surface are but myths or narratives that conceal those injustices from us. But this knowledge does not make us happy, and it may not give us the power to change things. And if we do change things, we may find that oppression reappears just as it was before. I will end with an excerpt from a short story titled Foundation by China Mieville. It's about a man called a house whisperer who's able to go to any house, any building, and discover whether it's safe or whether it might fall down and needs to be fixed. But the way he can do this is because he hears the voices from the bodies and the skeletons underneath the floor. Here's a passage from the story. He sees the foundation. He sees through the concrete floor and the earth to where girders are embedded and past them to the foundation. A stock of dead men. An underpinning, a structure of entangled bodies and their parts, pushed tight, packed together and become architecture, their bones broken to make them fit, wedged in contorted repose, burnt skins in the tatters of their clothes pressed as if against glass at the limits of their cut running below the building's walls, six feet deep below the ground, a perfect runnel full of humans, poured like concrete, embracing the stays and the walls. The foundation looks at him with all its eyes, and the men speak in time. So the house whisperer can see the crime. He can see that the world that he lives in, the entire city, is built on the bodies of other people. 
And I think this is clearly a metaphor for the world that we live in. Every regime, every wealth, every law has behind it a history of injustice, of pain, of suffering, of violence. It's a universal truth. And so whatever privileges, whatever happiness we have today, in some part at least, is dependent on that past injustice. But the house whisperer in the story is unable to change this. It all happened long ago, and what he suffers from is the voices of the dead men which he cannot keep out of his head. And when he tries, by making a sacrifice, it does nothing, only add to the dead. Is that a gift that anybody would want, to hear the voices of the dead? I think not. And yet, if we are to improve the world and solve the problems and the injustices, don't we have to know about them? I don't know the solution to this dilemma. I don't know the extent to which Gnosis is worth it. So our world of the Matrix is a world where we can, as in that story, learn the truth. And we can, to an extent, as in that story, be self-creating. And it's actually intriguing that the, the creators of those movies, the Wachowskis, are both trans, which in a sense is a kind of self-creation. The knowledge, the gnosis, may reveal the crimes, but does it give us the power to overcome them? The third Matrix movie does not overcome the injustice. What it does do is achieve peace. This is Alphonse for Radio Free Bichelle www.bezel.ca. Good night.